Everything F1, driven by fans for the fans. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Austrian Grand Prix and all the penalties that were in store. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. Today, alongside me from the Everything F1 team, we have Joe. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you very much, apart from sounding like Barry White. Uh, Coops, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. And new boy, Sean Kennedy. How are you doing, Sean? You all right? Very well, thanks. I like to tag new boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you've got to you got to have the tag for at least the first episode. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we might drop we might drop that afterwards. <laughs> How, have you been anyway? You've been all right? Very well. Yeah, it's, all, it's always good. good coming off a good race like that. It was. Let's mm. let's have your three line review then, uh, Joe. Three line review for the Austria Grand Prix. What what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was entertaining and slightly irritating with all the penalties but understandable okay, uh, overall Coop. a really good one ah, okay coops for you your three line review penalties 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 <laughs> penalties and you sean what's your three line review of the austrian grand prix russell has no luck lando's excellent and Austria's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was it was a great race uh, off the back of a uh, you know its previous great race uh, the previous week. So yeah, I all I've got to add is obviously penalties, 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 uh, and you've all for uh, for just appearing today. You're all getting a five second penalty. So uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so so we are everything F one. You can find us on all social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We have a Discord server too. And of course, you can find our website at www.everythingf1.com. Now, we don't have a guest today, but what we do have is obviously our wonderful team, which means we can hash it out a little bit more uh, than we usually do. So first things first, the winner of the race, and I'm sure... This gave Joe a massive smile, was indeed Max Verstappen. So we'll go to you, Joe, first. How did you feel seeing your boy cross that line in first after a dominating weekend in Austria? Um, elated would be an understatement. I think we've come <laughs> to the conclusion in the McLaren household that all the kids and the dogs must leave if it looks like Max is going to win because I swear <laughs> I gave the dogs a heart attack. It was ridiculous jumping, screaming. I was just so happy especially having Lando up there as well. That's just made my weekend. Yeah, we, we have to quickly add that McLaren is her surname. So <laughs> she's not in the McLaren household being yes. her household. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was good to see Max again. Uh, but, you know, the, is it the car or is it the driver? Uh, there's always that argument, isn't there? It's the driver. <laughs> the driver. It's the driver when Max wins, is yes. the car when <laughs> That's about right, isn't it, Coops? Uh, well... 
Yeah, that's what they all say. <laughs> it's a bit of both, I think, to be honest. Of course it is. Of course it is. I We were only joking, of course. So what were your thoughts on Max winning the race? It was pretty much inevitable from the first corner. The whole weekend, you got for a fastest lap in Q1, fastest lap Q2, fastest lap Q3, pole position, fastest lap in the race, and he led every single lap. And yeah, it's the, the youngest ever Grand Slam uh, for Max Verstappen, so that's, yeah. uh, it, it, it's quite a statistic. It is. And also, to, to, to revisit an old joke, if Carlsberg could do race weekends. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it's, uh, for for the young people listening to this, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was entertaining. It wasn't. It was another one of those races that, like I tweeted at one point during the kind of middle of the race, it seemed to kind of settle down a bit. Mm. But it was a bit of a slow burner. The you know the strategy started to come in play. Then we were all praying Alonso couldn't get past Russell, but you know we'll. <laughs> We'll probably touch on it later on, but yeah, it was kind of inevitable to be honest. But yeah, it was it was a good race. It was it, it was a great race. Um, another other notable uh, drivers this weekend, uh, Sean. We'll go to you. Obviously, we uh, we've got to talk about Lando Norris. He qualified in second, uh, which is you know his best ever qualifying, and it's great to see a, a McLaren mm-hmm. back at the on the front row. Um, but he went only went back one place within the race, and obviously there was. Uh, a penalty that that kind of helped put him back a little bit. What what can you say about Lando's race? Uh, so far, capping off what has been a driver of the season performance so far for, from Lando Norris. Yeah. Like we're, I think we're not even halfway through the season so far, but I can't see anyone beating him for it unless Max wins all the rest of the races, which could be possible. <laughs> um, but no, even still, like Lando's been just the star of the show, especially this weekend. Um, Max maybe would have like beat him out for it because obviously you know youngest uh grand slam winner ever but uh he was he wasn't on tv was he i'm sure red bull sponsors have probably been pissed off one of their drivers was in the gravel <laughs> and the other wasn't on the tv um yeah. but uh lando he's just he's incredible to watch lewis hamilton even even said it on his radio after he passed him that he's some driver and i don't think i've ever heard lewis hamilton say anything of the sort about any other driver uh especially not during certainly well, not during a race yeah, certainly not over the radio. You know, he, mm. he was all, all praises just as he as as he passed him. Uh, obviously, he obviously respected the fact that he was he was defending well. Um, and he put up and a good fight. He put and up yeah, a great fight. Yeah, and and as a McLaren fan myself, it's it's nice to see them like consistently scoring podiums that they've earned on merit. They didn't look into this one like they did like yeah. Brazil and Austria last year a little bit. Um, like they they were on the podium on pace today. He was quicker than Bottas for the whole race. That penalty screwed him over. Um, and it's it's great to see McLaren disappointed with third and Lando disappointed <laughs> with third. Like it's a long time coming since McLaren have been disappointed with the third place. So I think if anyone from the top outside the top two teams is going to win a race this year, it'd be Lando Norris for sure. He's 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 on top form. Well, I've got my. Air fingers, my fingers crossed. You can't see that on the podcast because uh, it's just sound, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, we I completely agree with you. Um, as not so secret McLaren fans, the rest of us mm. on the podcast. I, but we say this every week. But who isn't a McLaren fan? Let's be honest. That they're, <laughs> they're one of the most likable teams on the grid. So it would be very difficult to find somebody who's, who was not so secretly, at least a little bit, kind of happy to see 
uh, McLaren doing well again um, on the grid. I think especially now in the Zach Brown days. Under Zach Brown, yeah. they've become just such a more likable team. They, they just There's an air of just fun to them that Ron Dennis cer- cer- certainly didn't bring to the team. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they've certainly grown on a lot of people. Mm. Um, but his teammate, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, didn't have a very good qualifying, did he, Joe? Um, but in the race, he, he was quite happy with how he's, how he's, how he's scored and how he performed. Um, so what kind of change do you think overnight between Saturday and into Sunday? I mean, it could just be the the simple fact that when it comes to qualifying, we, we've all watched him. He is clearly struggling to get to grips with that car. Um, uh-huh. You know, it could just be that when it comes to qualifying pace, he's just not got it. Yet race mm-hmm. pace, we all know it's two totally different things. Um, but yeah, he was really, really happy. It was good to see him finally kind of... Maybe it's just going to be that push that he needs to keep going, you know, maybe a little bit down on the luck lately, and that's going to boost his motivation a little bit. Um, I yeah. just hope it's it's there's more to come, because realistically, McLaren are doing well. We need Ricardo to be, you know, bringing home as many points as possible. Uh, so fingers crossed it keeps going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fingers crossed for that one too. Um, I, I, I watched the interviews after the uh, race, and he said, you know, he... He just enjoyed racing uh, and he did some great overtakes. He enjoyed being there, uh, which is something he probably hasn't done for the last few races um, or, or certainly not every race uh, this year so far. Uh, is that is that right, Coops? Do you think do you think kind of just the mood of somebody going into a, a race can really kind of lift the way the, the person drives? Well, it's a confidence session. It's always going to be confidence. He doesn't have the confidence in the car. I mean, he doesn't have the confidence in braking. And, uh, you know, we all know what Daniel Ricciardo's strength is. And mm-hmm. that's the braking and, the you know, the late braking into the corners, taking Thumney by surprise and keeping mm-hmm. it on the track. You take that off of Ricciardo, you don't really have much else. Uh, and that's not a negative. That's not a slight on his talent. That's just how it works. Uh, you know, there are, start, there are a lot of people that are starting to wonder whether McLaren are going to bin him during the, during the season, which they're not. I mean, it's just not the McLaren way, especially under Seidel and uh, Zach Brown. They just won't do it. Uh, you know, if the form continues to be this bad next season, you know, they might not end up, they might have performance clauses to bin off the third season, the third year of his contract, but certainly not this year. But yeah, it's, it was good. It was a good solid race. It was one of the things I thought of while watching it. It's like, you know, he's slowly going up the grid. He's unfortunately got pipped at the end by, I think it was Sainz in the Ferrari. But it was a very good, quiet, got on with it type of race. And he needs a few of them. He needs two or three just casually getting up there. It doesn't help when Lando is constantly up near around the podium. But, yeah. you know, for, his, for, his, for himself, it's good where he is. It's a good yeah, start. I- I, I suppose it's a bit like the whole Harry Kane thing with England. Um, he needed that goal uh, in the Germany match to kind of break his duck. Look at all you, all you Scottish and Irish people kind of just sighing at the fact that I brought up England. In this, that in goal that just kind of hit his head. <laughs> but yeah, it, it he, just, just, he was just there. He didn't yeah. do anything. But, that, but that's exactly pretty what much I mean. what he done for the whole the, the Euros. He didn't but, do anything. I mean, remember the Scotland game? What did you do there? Oh, he got subbed. Hi, I say. But that's what I mean. That's all you kind of need. You need a bit of luck sometimes, and and perhaps perhaps that little bit of luck is what kind of broke 
uh, well, like it broke Harry Kane out of his bad spell, and he's now got three goals this tournament. You know, it's broken. Maybe it can, or it can be the impetus for Danny Ricardo to break his bad spell. Um, I mean, for the if, we're, if we're doing football analogies, I don't think it's just Harry Kane. I think if you look at it, the the tournament for England was kick-started after the performance against Germany. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know the stats, clearly. Uh, I, I don't pay much attention to the English national team, but, you know, when I heard <laughs> the commentators saying it was 55 years since they've beat them in a tournament, well, either being Euros or the, the World Cup, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. okay, fair enough. I can see why you're happy. Uh, I'll, I'll get out. I'll let you have that. You know, we were we, we we were all cheering when we got a goalless draw against you in the group stages. You know, that was your that was your cup final. Uh, I, you know, I don't care. I didn't think we were going to make it past the group stages. I just didn't want to lose to England. That was all. <laughs> that was that was it. And we yeah. didn't. And we actually done really well. And we actually could have beat you, but we just you know Pickford done as usual. We could have come on. We had better chances than you guys. You had better uh, chances, but you couldn't get through our defence. Anyway, I think we're talking too much about football. We're a Formula One podcast. Everything England, football England, England, England are going to win the World Cup. It's not coming it's home. Cast. The Euros. It's, it's not coming home, lads. <laughs> it's coming home. It's coming home. Back to the Formula One. Uh, but yeah, so Danny Rick's duck could be broken, and let's hope he brings home more points. Um, so the McLaren team, uh, they, they scored some great points um, because Norris came third. Uh, and also got driver of the day, which was fully deserved. Um, after a, a bit of a penalty as well, let's talk about the penalty for a second because the FIA were dishing out penalties left, right, and centre yeah, yeah, during the race itself. Um, it just felt probably a bit too much to, in, in in my mind. Um, what what do you think, Sean, about all the penalties uh, and especially uh, Lando's uh, penalty in this instance? I thought Lando's was harsh. And I think even when Christian Horner is coming out and said against his own driver that it was harsh, um, that the yeah. other team's driver should not have been given that penalty. Um, mm-hmm. And he's right, it was harsh. They didn't touch wheels. They there was no if there was contact like there was in Perez's incident a bit later. Fair enough argument there. When there's a collision, that borders on dangerous because anything can happen then. But they didn't touch. Mm-hmm. And Lando had the corner. He had the inside line. And if you watch the replays back, he was ahead. Perez got ahead, and then mid corner, Lando got it back. So when Perez was pushed off. Lando was ahead. He had the racing line. Yeah. He had every right to be there. Lando saying it was a bit stupid for Perez to try that was actually, I thought, a bit of a stupid comment because we've seen lots of people try it. Um, yeah. And, you know, if mid-corner, when you're already on the gravel, you realize it's too late, you know, you didn't know that going in. Um, so that one that one was harsh. But the, the stupidest thing about it was the FIA just dug themselves into a grave with that. They... Yeah. I think it was. I think it was something like twenty laps until Lando's was given, and then forty six sec- or twelve laps until Lando's given. Forty six seconds until Perez's first one was given because they had no choice. Yeah. Even if they didn't want to give it, they had to give it. Um, mm. And th- then it just got worse and worse and worse. Like look at the list of penalties here. Um, Raikkonen drive the penalty imposed after the race. That's a stupid thing in itself. What 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 difference did that make? <laughs> yes, he caused it. That was a stupid crash. Really amateur yeah. stuff by Kimi Raikkonen. We expect so much more from him. Um, maybe he didn't see Vettel. There was a big gap between them, but even still, he should have known there was a good. There was probably going to be a car coming up his inside. There, he was off track for a fair while. But a twenty-second penalty added after the race, and it has no impact on the race whatsoever. He should be given a a, a grid drop for the next race. That's a punishment. Yeah. He caused a big accident. That was a big crash. Mm. A twenty-second penalty just is completely inane. 
Mazepin, a, th- a 10 second penalty after the race, uh, 30 second after the race, it's ridiculous as well. Latifi, I, d- I don't get these 10 second penalties applied after the race when it doesn't impact the standing. Give it during yeah. the race, fair enough. Let the driver think, like, like Danny Ricardo said, oh, we have a five second penalty. Okay, I'll drive faster. Do you remember that? Yeah. We need that. Perez did that. Perez had a 10 second penalty. He drove faster and he saved himself a position because he got it during the race. He was punished during the race and he had time to make up for it. Like mm-hmm. it didn't make a difference. These the penalties were just stupid, and then there were just amateur ones like Sonoda's ones. I, I like Yuki Sonoda. I rate him really highly. He was great to watch in Formula Two last year, but they uh-huh. were that was an, that was an embarrassing couple of penalties for Yuki Sonoda. There's the exact same thing, the exact same time, twice in a row on two pit stops. <laughs> they, uh, Helmet Marco might be happy that he got a, a, that his man won the race, but he equally will not be happy with AlphaTauri for that. That was that was embarrassing. <laughs> Joe, what have you got to add about the penalties? Uh, obviously, thanks to Sean, he's, he's read quite a few of them out there. Um, but Lando Norris spe- uh, specifically, because it, it kind of it it was the um, the torch the torch paper that kind of um, led to the rest of them having their penalties. Because w- once the FA had done one, they they had to do everyone else that was uh, uh, attempting to go around the outside. I have to admit, I'm echoing Sean here. It was absolutely ridiculous. The length of time that took for them to get from the incident to deciding they were going to investigate and then put the punishment in. And then from there on in, it was just a disaster. I don't know what was going on, whether they were bored or they've got a quota. (laughs) You know, maybe it's like when the councils only have till the end of the year to spend all the money. You know, we've got to get so many in in this triple header. We'll do it all now. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what the plan for that was. When it comes to the the land on... Perez one. I mean, it was in the first few laps. They were mm. racing hard. But like you know, Sean said there was there was no contact. Yes, I understand that the dangers in F one mean these penalty points are there. You know, to try and stop them. But I mean, hitting their super license and giving them a time penalty when no one touched. It was mm. good wheel to wheel racing. We have finally got this good season where we've got you know. Even Lewis is saying himself how much he is loving having the competition and they go yeah. and do that. Who's going to want to do any wheel to wheel racing? Well, other than Leclerc, who I don't know what's going on in his head just now, but he's fighting <laughs> anything and everybody. <laughs> but other than him, nobody else is going to want to do anything. And mm. you can't blame them when some of them are, you know, hitting the higher points of their super license down. It's just stupid, utterly stupid. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Uh, just just too many penalties, and, and as, as I say, that 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 Lando Norris one was—that's the racing that we like to see as mm-hmm. fans. We like to see them going wheel to wheel, side by side, see, see who's got the bottle to kind of hold on to it on the, around the outside. Um, <laughs> just yeah, baffled. Uh, Coops, have you got anything to add? Uh, well, the FIA and Michael Massey's came out, and apparently the, they're unmoved by the criticism. <laughs> Partly due to the fact that if a car, if they're racing side by side, the onus is to leave a card's width on the outside of on, on either side, wherever the car is. Mm. And Norris was penalised because he didn't leave a card's width on the outside of the track, uh, and then everybody else was judged on that criteria afterwards. Right. I would say that Perez against Leclerc was a bit clumsy, as in he actually physically pushed him out. You know, yeah. he didn't, you know, there was a bit more. That was a slam dunk, regardless of anybody else. That should have deserved it. 
Uh, so they're, they're unmoved. Also, they're judged because I read an article which was talking about Norris going down the outside, something similar at the French Grand Prix yeah. involving Norris. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't penalised. But what they're saying is it's judged slightly different because if you go around the outside of those corners in Austria, you're going into gravel, which is going to completely affect the other car, the other driver's race. Mm. Whereas if you're pushing somebody slightly to the outside when there's asphalt, then they're still kind of racing. They might have to drop back. They can keep going kind of thing. Uh, so We want consequences, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I disagree with the articles. I, I I I hear what you're saying, Coops, and I know it's not necessarily your opinion, but it's uh my my opinion is it's harsh. My opinion is they needed to go out. The Lando Norris one with Perez, as Norris said when he was told he was getting his five second penalty, he said, Well, where is where did Perez expect to go? <laughs> what was he thinking? Mm. And also, if you think about the profile of that corner, it's downhill and then you turn to the right. Yeah. Naturally, your car's drifting out. If you put your car on the outside, you're going to expect to hit gravel or you're pulling back. Mm. He didn't. He got hit, He got the gravel. Don't put your car there. Wait for it all and try it again. So, you know, it was the same argument when uh, Hamilton took out Albon. Uh, same corner. You know, they were all saying he was turning into Albon, but he was turning to the right. But the natural camber of the, car, the corner yeah. takes you out to that, you know, to that curb. You're doing 160, so, 180 mile an hour or whatever you're doing. You know, it's called centrifugal force. It kind of pushes you to the outside of whatever you're doing. It, it, it happens at every corner. I mean, you see it in, in, that, in those turns. You see it with Rosberg and Hamilton. You've seen it when Verstappen and Leclerc were fighting for the, for, the, for the race win on that track only a few years back, mm-hmm. pushing folk to the outside. But you're taking your natural line as the car in front. Yeah. So... That one is extremely harsh. The other ones that were both put on Perez, okay, fair enough. You know, I don't know whether there's a regulation in regard to the other ones, as Sean says, why give time penalties after the race? You know, maybe if I don't want to carry things over race by race, they want mm. it dealt with there and then, they give them penalty points, they give them well, I, reprimands, whatever, and keep it there. I suppose it, it does affect the position that they might have finished if they, after all the penalties are gone, they might go from 17th to 18th, or they might go from, you know, someone else might go from 19th to 16th or something like that with all the penalties added. But yeah. they're not point scoring places, but I suppose they do affect the championship very slightly for the the non non point scoring uh, teams. Um, there, yeah, was a, I mean, there was an interesting comment. Sorry, uh, Coops. There was an interesting comment on one of our posts that we've obviously done about these penalties, and I think it's quite a good uh, discussion point. Um, somebody put, um, "What's happening now is drivers are learning that they can put their car into dangerous positions, even if they're not ahead, and if they're squeezed off the track because the lead driver follows the racing line, they'll come out the better for it." Which is obviously just ridiculous that, that they put at the end there, um, which. It's an interesting point, isn't it? If they're seeing that they're 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 following a car, they know there's a, a chance that they can probably get past with a penalty added. That why wouldn't they put themselves in that sort of position? It's it's uh, it's setting a dangerous precedent, yeah, for sure. By doing by by these penalties, uh, but I mean, drivers put themselves in positions mm-hmm. all the time, or they come on the radio to complain that that was dodgy all the time. Yeah. You know, to try and you know, tip the balance and because they know that people are listening, they know that it's been watched. So in that respect, 
I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Mm. The problem we've got is people are less likely to do it because if they do do it and get it wrong, they're getting a penalty, which will ruin the rest of the race. Because there's not many tracks out with Austria that has gravel. No. So they could get away with it at mm-hmm. the time, but then a five-second penalty could be the difference between first and third. And, or, in you know, George Russell's case, getting a point for Williams, where, the, you know, it could be their only chance to get a point. Yeah. You know, so... I think it's going to temper the racing, which is what we don't want. We want side-by-side racing. We want this kind of stuff. Yeah. But let's hope they address you know, it in the next uh, drive. You know, driver kind of uh, briefing. I'm sure it'll be brought up in the drivers' briefing. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, the only issues with the penalties that we had, I think the Lando Norris one is the only contentious one. I know we had a lot of them, but they were all slam dunks. It was like speeding before, you know, passing somebody before the the, the yeah the the safety car line. Speeding in the pit lane, which was one that Stroll got. Giovinazzi got the pit, the, the safety car lane one. Sonodas, oh my God, <laughs> whatever. Uh, it just felt like there was so many of them this weekend. It, it kind of just went found like penalty, 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 I think, penalty. I th- the, the issue was, though, with the, the Riken and Vettel thing, that caught a lot of people off mm. because they were all trying to get their last dive. It was the last lap. It was the last bit. And, you know, Mazepin uh, and a couple of others got hit out because they never adhere to the double wave, the double wave jellos, which is we know it's be prepared to stop. So they didn't they either didn't lift at all mm-hmm. or lifted very slightly, which threw a lot of people off, which is why I mean they're all slam dunk penalties. Every one of them are slam dunks. We know that they we know that the FIA are dodgy and a bit tetchy over ignoring flags. Like look at Lando Norris at Baku. Yeah. You know, uh, Latifi as well. I think he got burned for that as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was a lot of them. Uh, Derek Warwick's not a favoured person. As he was the driver <laughs> steward for that weekend. Uh, I think I even tweeted when Vettel and Raikkonen went off. I said if Derek Warwick had his way, he'd ban the both of them for two races. Uh, the way he was flinging them out. But it was, it, again, it, it tempered a very good race. We've had a situation where we were, it was a brilliant race and there was one issue which we spoke about more than the actual race, which... Well, it's well, let's we don't want. Well, let's leave the penalty talk there then, if we can. I mean, we might have to touch on it when we when we talk about other drivers. But let's talk about the let's talk about the Mercedes pair. Um, they clearly just don't have that car underneath them at the moment, do they, Sean? Um, it's 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 making the season exciting because we expected to come when we first came into the season that you know it was going to be another slam dunk for uh, for Lewis Hamilton, um, but. You know the, the the car's not there for them, uh, and they did as best as they could given the circumstances. Um, Lewis Hamilton got some damage, uh, and Valtteri Bottas obviously scored uh, decent points by getting on the podium uh, in second place. So, what what can you tell us about the uh, Mercedes team? Austria is not the favourite track, is it? <laughs> they've never they've never <laughs> ever liked Austria. Either they're crashing into each other, they're crashing into someone else, or they're just not as quick as Max. That's kind of what it's boiled down to the last few years. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of hard to say even where Mercedes' pace has gone. I mean, Total Wolf would suggest that, you know, Red Bull have brought essentially a new car's worth of updates, which is just patently not true. Christian Horner reckons they've brought mm. maybe a tenth, tenth and a half, and the Sky presenters seem to think about that as well, which, you know, qualifying times would suggest it is only about that, and Mercedes haven't brought yeah. any updates. But then on the flip side, Toto says, no, we're not bringing any updates. And then you have Lewis Hamilton in the pen saying, no, we have to do better, we have to bring updates, we have to do more, we can't. Like Ham- Hamilton doesn't want to just let this go to Max so early. And of course he doesn't. And why would he? 
Um, I no, exactly. There's there's going to be, but there's going to be there's going to be some development in the pipeline that there was already in the pipeline. Um, so they've got those things to kind of mm. at least bring to the to the car, haven't they, for the rest of the season? Uh, they're not going to completely stop that that things that they've already started. Alle- allegedly, um, do you think they're going to? Think they're going to help? Yeah, uh, we, we'll we'll find out, yeah, won't we, in due course. But uh, do you, do you, can you see the Mercedes coming up to a bit uh, a bit a bit better speed uh, later on in the season? Yes, um, I mean especially Lewis Hamilton, like you you just you just don't count him out just ever. Um, and we're coming up to a run mm. of tracks that he loves, like Silverstone. I know Max, like Red Bull, arguably have the better car, especially for yeah. Silverstone and Hungary. But these are two of Lewis Hamilton's mm-hmm. favorite tracks and two of his best tracks. So if there were ever somewhere mm. for him to kind of re-kickstart his his campaign it'll be these next two races it's gonna be very interesting but then you have um then you have belgium and the mercedes suddenly just isn't quick in a straight line um and the Mm. honda is and even the mclaren is getting more out of the mercedes engine than mercedes are they're just running too much drag and they're they're almost like copied something the ferrari did last year it's it's very hard to Uh see like in 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 that race they were running as crofty said a barn door of a rear wing where on a Mm. track that doesn't require it um so it's it's very strange i i don't think they're gonna give up the fight lewis certainly won't um and really all it takes is a max retirement and it's game on um like lewis has had bigger deficits and been in worse situations but it's 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 nice as a neutral in it to be watching on and think oh my god they're they're not bulletproof anymore um But and I know they're putting on a brave face and they love the competition, but they don't, do they? They wanted to they wanted an easy they wanted an easy <laughs> run to eight. Lewis wanted an easy run to eight, and they're not getting it. Um, and yes, they have to say those sort of things in the media, but they're not happy. They're not happy at all. No, which is why obviously he's saying these sorts of things in the pen. You know, we need to work harder. Mm-hmm. We need to do this, that, and the other. Uh, I think he might say, "Come on, lads, uh, put a bit more effort in," and and and. and maybe develop the car a little bit more and um, i was having a conversation with one of my colleagues at work today actually uh, about uh, silverstone uh, and it, it could be a tinfoil hat thing if you want to um, but do you think mercedes might do something to you know their engine um to make it perform to it's like optimum even if it damages the engine slightly but just so he so hamilton at, at the silverstone race can perform better uh, than it would for the rest of the year you know even if it just 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 so they can get a good performance at Silverstone at the home race, what what do you think, Joe? Does, does that sound too tinfoil hat to you? Um, no, I can see where they're coming from. I can. I mean, especially you know, home race for for Lewis, he's going to want he's going to want to win no matter what. Yeah. However, it, again, it comes down to how they've planned out their season. Mercedes are just. You know, they have a schedule, they stick to it. Very seldomly do they, you know, miss anything. They are mm. so almost mechanical in how they do things. Um, and that's why they've done so well. I can't see them risking an engine or risking too much when they've still got, you know, we're only on what we're going into round 10 of mm. what could be a much, much bigger season. Um, they're not going to risk anything too massive just for one race. Uh, especially since I do remember watching something recently where Toto was um, discussing the balance between this year's car and next year's car, why there's they're doing less to this year's car and now starting to move their focus over. I mean, that could mm. be him just sandbagging the media. It's possible. 
but it would make sense on them doing that when they thought they were so far ahead of everyone else already. Why wouldn't they? Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think they will do anything too drastic. However, they probably will be turned up a notch or two. Maybe not to full, but a notch or two at least. Full beans, Coops, what do you reckon? No, I think the person needs to put the tinfoil back in the drawer. <laughs> uh, I just no as Joe says you know the reason Mercedes are where they are just now is because of the regime they ain't going to give they ain't going to throw away an engine on a potentially 23 race season purely to give Hamilton a grandstand moment it's just because what that does is is we come to the arse end of the season when we've got a lot of races coming on you know, you're you're one engine out of the pool, and then you're going to have yeah, to take they, grid you, penalties. Yeah, you only take a grid penalty for that. So if you've yeah, you know. and what happens if you end up having to take a grid penalty in a track that Mercedes aren't really that good at, and you need those points later on in the season? What if it's a couple of points between Hamilton and he's clawed that deficit back? No, but I we saw the cr- we saw the crowds obviously in Austria, all the the Orange Army, and it was great to see a crowd at, at the at the you know the race. Uh, it certainly does show you that we we have been missing something. I think uh, as fans watching even on the TV, it's created atmosphere. He cre- created kind of drama, and you know every, it was just great to see that kind of on screen. Um, and we're going to get an even bigger crowd at at Silverstone. So is I I, I actually think there's some weight to this. You know, I, I I think Hamilton might push for just just to get that kind of grandstand moment for himself um, to kind of to go. You've had your turn. This is what my turn looks like. I think, so, what do you what do you think, Sean? We'll go to Sean first, sorry. Um, I mean Martin Brundle has long said that your home race is worth an extra tenth. Um I I I think he's dead right. It's it's always been the case. I think obviously Austria's a home race for Max. He's always well, has been. He has the Netherlands upcoming. Um, but Lewis and historically, like British drivers, except for Jensen Button, have always gone pretty well at Silverstone. Um, obviously, at Mansell and the whole of the country went apeshit for him. Um, and Damon Hill as well yeah. did, did well there. And Lewis Hamilton has won it X many times. And it's not only is it obviously his home race, but it's a track that suits his driving style. Um, it's mm-hmm. fast. It's flowing. Um, it requires it, it's a big, wide track and yet still requires Monaco-esque precision. These are all things that suit Lewis Hamilton. Um so yeah. yes, I do think the 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 home field advantage, for want of a better term, like England have got in this Euros, which is almost unfair to a certain extent. Um, not that I have a horse in that race, um, <laughs> but uh, no home field advantage for sure. Um, I don't think they'll risk an engine update, but um, whether it's they give him just a little bit extra horsepower, um, maybe it's the last race of this engine. We don't know, and they'll let him go kill it, but. On paper, Max should win it, but you know, Lewis will probably end. You can never rule out the Mercedes. Not in Silverstone, no. No. Okay, well, the Mercedes, obviously, they finished in second. Well done, Bottas, um, scoring some good points for the team um, and, and certainly breaking that duck that he's had uh, a bad, bad uh, run of luck. Uh, and obviously, the Mercedes team also let him past Hamilton. Um, obviously, because Hamilton picked up that damage uh, going around uh, over the curbs. Um, let's talk about the Ferraris then. The Ferraris, sorry, the Ferraris didn't have a great um, qualifying day. Obviously, qualifying quite far down uh, in twelfth, uh, in eleventh and twelfth, um, out of the top ten. But 
actually they came alive on the day uh, on the race day um joe were you surprised to see the ferrari where uh, ended up where they did uh, on race day not really actually i think ferrari have sort of been sneaking up on us and none of us have really been paying the hugest amount of attention to them lately they've just sort of crept in so unless they do something daft we kind of just they're just there almost mm. like um almost like the Haas boys to be honest they're just there and then <laughs> yeah but i've noticed the last few the last few races they've They've come out all right. Their driving styles, I mean, Sainz is just absolutely amazing um, driver anyway. Yeah. But I wasn't that shocked at it. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I think they're just slowly creeping back up and just nobody's well, they, noticed for a while. <laughs> yeah, they had a good couple of races when the, the street circuits and obviously mm. the, you know, the... the it wasn't necessarily about top speed um, around Monaco and whatnot. Um, but then they dropped off when they started doing the, the normal tracks again, like uh, i.e. France. Um, but this race, seemed, they seem to do well. There's the uh, Coops, have you got anything to add about the Ferrari team? Are, were you happy to see signs up there? Happy to see Leclerc, obviously making a couple of uh, incidents, but still performing uh, quite well in the car? They're doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, with the, the before the budget cap, you know, the kind of resources they had, they shouldn't be sitting in, you know, eighth and fifth. Mm. Uh, but, you know, as Joe says, they've quietly got on with it. To be honest, Ferrari are doing what everybody expected Aston Martin to do. Aston Martin should be where Ferrari are now because, you know, well, not should be, expected to be. Uh, mm. Whereas they're not, really going there. Stroll's actually performing really well this season compared to Vettel, but yeah, that's another discussion. But yeah, you know, Ferrari have got a very, they've got a very nice car. It's, you know, a bit like the Alpine. It's not the most powerful, but it's very stable. Uh, it mm. suits both the drivers very well. It's not a, it's not a McLaren. You know, even Sainz said to Ricardo a few races back, you know, it's a strange car, that McLaren, isn't it? You know, it's it's a strange beast the McLaren, whereas the Ferrari seems to be a very easy car to to get to grips with. And Signs is still shown this year as one of the one of the drivers that moved teams this year. I've came back in as the driver that's pretty much nailed it from the get go. He's come in, the team love him. He knows what he's doing, mm. and he's performing well. He's doing exactly what they want him to do. And until Ricardo gets into the points regularly. The Ferrari, I think, are probably at the moment as a team probably going to either pip McLaren to third or take it no. really, really close to the end. Because as much as Norris is doing what he's doing, a couple of races where Norris doesn't get a lot of points and that puts Ferrari way back up there because mm. both their drivers are consistent and consistently there. And as we all know, you know, just talk to Verstappen and you talk to Hamilton. You know, unless you're first, second, second, first, first, second, you ain't going to win the constructors on your own. It just doesn't mm. happen. Yeah, so it uh, it's really close in the constructors, isn't it? Is it 102 to 98? I, I'm not, I've not got it in front of me, just, so I can't I'll, say. I'll do some left-handed giggling as we speak. 141 to What are you doing with your right hand? Yeah. Oh, okay. 141 to 122. Yeah. So and, and, you know, at the moment, Lando Norris is at the doctor's because he's got a sore back for Karen McLaren. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, oh no, why, what needs, happened? He needs Ricardo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he needs Ricciardo, Ricciardo bringing the, the, the points home. Uh, McLaren need Ricardo bringing the points home. 
um, because it's not going to be long before those Ferraris, the consistency of the Ferrari uh, is going to mean they're going to overtake. I hope not because as, as we've previously mentioned, I am a more McLaren fan than a Ferrari fan. Um, okay. Well, who, who would you like to speak to speak about then Coops? Uh, somebody else that we haven't spoken about. George Russell. Georgie boy. Should we all have a well, re- can we have a retrospective moment of silence for poor George Russell? <laughs> George uh, Russell. Poor poor George Russell. I mean, what he, does what he, does that man have to do? He did so well in qualifying first time. Obviously, he's achieved uh, well in a in a Williams. First time he's achieved a Q3 appearance. Um and he qualifies in eighth. Mm-hmm. We are all there thinking this is the time. He's going to get a point in this race. And we were like, we can we can cash in our bets, it's gonna to happen today. And unfortunately, he just went backwards. Uh it was ninth that he got in qualifying. Uh, oh, ninth in qualifying. Beating, beating, beating Stroll and both Ferraris, Ricardo, Alonso, uh, and the rest of them. I don't even need to mm. mention the Hasses because I could beat them. Uh, <laughs> Walking. Uh, yeah, I, on, my, on, on my bike, going the wrong way, uh, at the wrong racetrack. But, um, he yeah, started out that for Vettel's penalty. Didn't he? Well, he, oh, yeah, he lined up, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he qualified now. Yeah. So you were right, Tiller. My, my I'm always right. Yes, I I'm know. Always right. Sorry, Darth, Darth <laughs> Teller. I do apologise. Don't choke me now. Uh, but yeah, George, you know, it was a shame because we all knew the writing was on the wall. You know, within a, we knew that Alonso, well, certainly I did, when he got a few seconds behind him, you just thought, oh, it's not going to happen. Mm. And, you know, there was a, I think, f- f- Formula One put a wee tweet from one of the, uh, it was a video from one of the Alfa Romeo cars and it was Alonso walking up and he just could have opened his hands up and kind of shrugged his shoulders and gave Russell a hug. And I think he said afterwards, he went, oh, please know him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, 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 he didn't want to do it, but he's a racer and he had to do it. Uh, you know, it's... He's got he's got some good some real respect for George Russell. I, I don't um, I don't think MD doesn't. To be honest, nah, this is part nah. of the reason why we all rave about George Russell because the minute mm. he signed for Williams, he knew where he was going to be. He knew yeah. what he was going to do, and he's never. I've said this a few times in the past. He's never ever 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 said anything out of turn. He's never done a Sonoda and made a comment about that the cars are not the same. Uh, he has stepped out of line this season, but stepped out of line. Have I missed this? Remind yeah. Me. Do you not remember when he took Bottas out in, uh, in Monza? Okay, um, that, that was a big... That was, that and he, wasn't and just, he, he slapped Bottas' helmet he didn't, uh, he didn't, and walked away he when he was angry. He didn't slap the helmet. He hit the car. It looked like <laughs> oh, it was the helmet. Okay. He, he hit the car. But I, yeah, that, I, I, I clearly seen a love tap. That was what I seen, right? That is a, that is a British love tap. I love you. <laughs> that was uh, what that was. It must have not translated yeah, but, uh, to German, yeah. though, because Toto was not happy, was he? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was threatening with the uh, the Rio Cup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. I, I do, I do that, that. But then, you know, we expect that from a rookie. We expect that from a young driver. The adrenaline was going. It's like, Talking to someone, it's like talking to a footballer after a, a penalty miss or something. You ain't going to get the you're going to get the raw emotion. And mm. he thought he was right, and he argued the toss. And then I think he was sat down by uh, Total Wolf and went, "Just just watch the replays there, and yeah, uh, you, you're coming. There's a tweet. It's already been written. Just hit send. <laughs> okay. Hit send. Yep. Yeah. Just just read that so you know if anybody asks you questions." Uh, 
but, but let's get back to this race. Sorry, get back to apologies. this race. Otherwise, anyway, we're going to go so, on a massive tangent. Tangents and that's that's podcast. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> Not when Coop is around. Hey, tell her. Hold on. You're the one that started talking about football earlier on. Let's just 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 remember. Hey, can we bring in VAR to just look at that? Shall we? <laughs> uh, but yes, George Russell. Ugh, it's just a shame uh, for him. Uh, and all honest, it will come this year, won't it? Well, we know, we hope because, it, come on, ninety nine percent sure he's in a Mercedes next year. We, you kind of want him to get at least one point for Williams. I think he's three years that Williams deserves that. I really, really want that to happen. Uh, yeah. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. We know he's going to be getting a lot of points next year because, I mean, what, what, what car do you think he'll be in? Do you think they'll announce at the British Grand Prix? Um, I think, yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hope the I'm hoping the rumors are true. Let's. Hope. I heard another rumor that his oh, that, that his Mercedes powered car will not be a Mercedes; it will be a McLaren. That's just because people aren't too happy with Ricardo. Well, not only people; it's Zach Brown's not too happy with Ricardo. Right? It, it, the, the, oh. the, the 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 body language of Zach Brown. You see him like Ricardo's qualifying thirteenth, Lando's on the front row. He is like Zach Brown is the cuddliest, happiest man in the F1 paddock. And he looked raging fit to burst with that terrible performance. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, are Mercedes going to drop Bottas? Why would they? He's still on the podium every week. Is George yeah. going to just mess up the status quo? Going to be another Rosberg? Probably. He's not going to be a whipping boy to Hamilton. Why would they drop Bottas? Why would they drop him? But at the same time, they can't leave George and Williams. No. But they also, they have to look to the future. This is probably Hamilton's last contract, which we'll touch on in a minute, mm. but this is his last extension. I'd imagine, you know, he'll, he, he wants eight. I don't think he wants more than eight. I mean, if he gets a chance to take them, he, he will. But, uh, nah. <laughs> you know, I think this, one of the things I thought of when I was watching the race, you know, there comes a time where domination ends mm. and it's not a slow thing. It just suddenly somebody appears. It's like the Ferrari domination. They just stopped winning. Mm. And it kind of sees you kind of see it this year. You know, Mercedes don't really have an answer. They're two, three, they're two point two seconds behind the Verstappen. You know, the the Honda engines finally, you know, came came good. Ron Dennis was right that Honda will dominate Formula One, just not in a McLaren. Uh, mm. You know, there there just comes a time where the the formula just doesn't work quite the way that it did before and you know the, the the things change and formula one evolves to the next generation which is you know verstappen leclerc ha- not hamilton uh, you know Russell, the young norris. guns uh, norris norris uh, and that so you know there's it's, it's changing everything's changing and i think it's just a fundamental change. You can see that things aren't quite right in Mercedes. You had Total Wolf saying we're not developing the car. You had, I think it's Andy Cole came out and went, oh, this development's coming. That was 24 hours after Total Wolf said that there weren't any. Mm. So is, is, are we getting the things wrong? Are people not talking to each other? It's okay, very well, un-Mercedes. Let's, let's vote on this then. Just, just, a, just, a, just, just a, a little vote. Do you think Russell will be at Mercedes next year or McLaren next year? Coops. Mercedes. Sean. McLaren. Ooh. Joe. McLaren. McLaren. <clears throat> oh. I have if, seen if, and if, heard a lot of the same chatter, and it'll either be staying where he is or McLaren. Mm. I think. 
I there's think no way they're letting anyone ruin up having Lewis with a wingman. And let's be honest, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And Russell's never going to do that. So there's just no chance. I yeah, it's going to happen. Do you know what? I want Russell in <laughs> the Mercedes seat because I think it would be a great mentorship for Russell, for Hamilton to kind of pass the torch uh, in his last two years of his contracts. Well, potentially last two years of his uh, new contract, uh, of, his, of his career uh, in F1. Um, I want that to happen. That is a, that's a kind of a dream team for me. Um, but I see Mercedes not wanting to upset this kind of status quo. Mm. You know, if if and this is a big if, if they perform well enough to kind of take the constructors home, why would they want to kind of ruin that opportunity, upset their lead driver, mm-hmm. upset their, you know, 40 million pound, well, he's not 40 million pound anymore, but, you know, what their megastar, um, when they could have a, just an, an, a person that's willing to kind of play second fiddle to, 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 the, to their megastar. So I want it to happen. I have an inkling that I think, he will that uh, Russell will definitely be moving this year from the Williams, but I don't necessarily think it will be the Mercedes um, home team that he, that, you know, uh, constructor team that you'll actually end up going to. So it could in it could indeed be the uh, McLaren team, but that'd be great for me as well, mm. either, as well. It would be great to see Lando and uh, George in the in the same car. Okay, let's move on. Joe, have you got anyone that you want to speak about? Um. Well, you know, I feel kind of bad about these Haas boys. So let's just say they arrived. They were there. That was ace. <laughs> um, other than that, because we, we never talk about down. them. So I always feel you so bad. You get a gold start. <laughs> you know, they arrived. They made it round the track. They finished the race. Yeah. Um, so yay. Which- they're doing that quite a this lot now is, because yeah. they because they're not pressing on the right <laughs> on on the right pedal on the uh on, on the floor of the car. They're, yeah. They're so just, you know we have to around. we have to put a little bit of praise out there for the lads. Um, but other than that, the only other person really is poor Ocon. What's going on with that kid? He's had a terrible couple of weeks. As soon as he signed <laughs> that contract, it was like signing his death warrant. He's oh. uh, he got his contract extension, uh, and then uh, since then it's just been downhill. Uh, yes. First, was it the first lap in this race this weekend? Yep. Yep. First lap, gone. Well, it wasn't really his fault, though, we have to say. It was just at the wrong place, Mm. wrong time, got into a sandwich. Mm. And the the kind of contact that that wheel took shouldn't have broke it. Mm. It was just, you know, we've seen a lot worse and then thought that wheel should be off the car and he's still going, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just wrong place, wrong time, just the right bit of force at the wrong angle of that car. And it kind of... Maybe it was the fate just saying, oh, con, it's been a bad weekend. Just go and get a shower. Go and have yourselves <laughs> some dinner early. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, he's he's performed well the first part of the season. I really hate saying that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's been poor the last few races. Uh, I'm hopeful a couple of weeks, a few days off and mm-hmm. surely he should be back to it. For the Let's next hope one. so. And is there anyone else that we haven't touched on then that we want to talk about before we head off to something else? I don't know. You, Yuki Sonoda? No. <laughs> uh, He's a twerp. <laughs> there's not many, not many things that we can say about him that's positive, really, uh, for the, from the weekend. I know. Um, I mean, imagine us going back and listening to the first podcast of the season all raving about him, and now we're mm. just like, oh, no. Uh, yeah, he spoiled us with that, with that first race. Uh, 
you think he'll come good by the end of the season, or do you think he's got actually he's got a lot of raw talent? He needs to sort out his composure. Mm. He needs to sort out he, his, his, his he, concentration. He reminds me a lot of Max. I was just about to say, does this remind anybody of anyone? Yeah, <laughs> do, do, you remember, do you remember 20... And it's only taken him six Well, seasons, there you go. So... Do you remember 2015, Max stuffing it into the wall in Monaco completely unnecessarily? Like, 2015, yeah. Max was as irrational as anyone and as overly aggressive as anyone. And Yuki, maybe the, that's clearly what Helmut Marko likes. Sebastian Vettel was the same. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So that's perhaps he just likes throwing money at these. Yeah, teams. He yeah, to, yeah. Just throw more money at them. We don't mind buying extra parts. Yeah, as long as we can see. Yeah, um, some he does, extreme racing. He does need to calm down. I think if there's one environment to do that in, it it is actually Alpha Tauri, um, and the one person to help him with that is Pierre Gasly. I mean, I I'd like to give a shout out to Pierre Gasly. Mm. He's once again, he's just he's always there, isn't he? He was my star of the season last year, um, and he's yeah. he's just always there. Qualified six for the second weekend of the row. He's massively outperforming that car. Yeah, it did it, it did an amazing job. Well actually he's kind of performing sorry, he's performing the car the way it should be performed. Uh, that car in pre season tra- uh, pre season not training. The football season starting. So I'm thinking it's testing. Testing. pre season uh, <laughs> testing. You know, testing. That's the one. Adam that's can cut that's that down the one. For you. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, leave it in. Come on, just Pre-season leave it in. It's testing. fine. Don't worry about it. It's pre uh, preseason testing. Uh, you know, everyone raved about it. The car was really good, and then they just kept tripping themselves up uh, during the race. Guys, they run into Ricardo at the first race, accidents, you know, Sonoda after yeah. the first mm-hmm. race, spinning it every way he could. He was giving uh, Mazepin a run for his money. Uh, so the car is, Gasly's doing, it's performing with that car the way it should be performed. Uh, and if Sonoda could actually <laughs> see the pit lane, climb, then you know maybe he'd actually be doing better. Uh, but yeah, he's got a lot of raw talent. He just needs to get that controlled. But I think the thing with Sonoda is, I think when he started in Formula One, he'd done a maximum. If I'm right, it was 200 races in his whole career, from when he first got into a car mm. to get into Formula One. You mm. know, it's a different beast when it comes to Sonoda. And then I think he's realised, oh, this is a fast car. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. I don't have as much time to think about things. Uh, quietly, uh, maybe I should touch on Lance Stroll because I think this year it's nothing to do with the fact that Vettel's in the car. I think Stroll is starting to show that he actually kind of deserves to be there. He got a lot of heat for a number of years and it's not because Mazepin's area we could laugh at mm. him more than, than Stroll. He's just quietly shown, you know, He's a good racer. He might not have much of a personality outside of the car. Uh, you know, I think that's more to do with the fact that when he wants a bedtime story, when he was younger, he's actually <laughs> got me for 30 minutes. Uh, uh, you sleep in 30 minutes. So, I don't want to do in a Russian voice. <laughs> You'll sleep in 30 minutes. That's, not, that's the other team. That's the other Wrong team. One. That's the other Wrong team. Which, yeah, Wrong which billionaire. Yeah. That's the, the Husky team. Uh, but yeah, Stroll's a, he's a good driver, not championship winning material, yeah, but I mean, he's good, he's, he's yeah, solid he enough, you know. The lap down, yeah, I, you know, it's really impressive. I, I, I would actually yeah. agree with you. I, sorry, I, would, I would agree with you on Stroll, got... I think he's, he's a solid driver. Like, I'm just looking at the season results here. Like, yes, Vettel has yeah. more than twice as many points as him, but that's only because of that free podium. Like, Stroll has finished in the points one, two, three, four, five times to Vettel's yeah. three, so he's just more consistent. That that Aston, as we kind of touched on earlier, is crap. 
yeah. really crap this year. Um, and yeah, he's, mm. he's finishing the points often enough. So yeah, I, 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 he's not going to be dropped anytime soon. But at the same time, I don't think he deserves to be. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. No, he's doing what he's supposed to do in a car that's not as good as it was. Mm. We all hoped it would be. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 he's a decent driver. Uh, I think also Latifi's not a bad driver. I think he's just unfortunate mm. that his time in Williams mm. has been next to George Russell. <laughs> uh, I don't think you could put many people in a car next to George Russell mm-hmm. and they would actually look well, particularly He decent, is definitely outperforming that car. Uh, but there's another one the thing I want to point out, actually. They, they did seem quicker, um, obviously, in the qualifying trim um, this weekend, I, or certainly for George Russell. Do you think it's a, a development that Williams has brought that we might see the, that continue throughout the rest of the season? Because it certainly did, He, you know, and the way he was talking over the radio, was, he was like, oh, was that, sorry, was that too quick for you? <laughs> and they were, they were like, oh, it's nice to see that kind of, I don't know, but it was just wanted, something I wanted to touch on. I think, the, I think the car was always going to be better. Uh, they've kind of, because I think for a couple of years, there was a lot of issue with aero stalling. So halfway around the corner, the aero would stop working. Now, in a Formula One car, we don't want the aero to stop working halfway around the corner. Uh, and then you can mm. wonder why there were three laps down by the time you got to the first turn. Uh, but the, I think the, the conditions work. They've got a very, it's a very peaky setup. So mm. the conditions aren't optimal. They can't really drive through it. Like other cars, like, yes, generally speaking, for every car, it has to be optimal to get the best performance. But like, you know, Honda and uh, Red Bull, for example, their car, you might have a situation where it's not perfect, but they've got this, they've got a bigger window for it mm. to work well enough. Might not be 100%, but it'll be close to it. But I think with the Williams cars, they were set up very, very sensitive. And I think part of that, maybe it is development, but also they've got the Mercedes engine in the back of that car, along with the gearbox. And the, I think the conditions just suited Softer tires as well probably helped George him stay Russell. in that window so, for just a little bit longer. Like, he was quicker on his medium lap than he was on his soft lap in Q2. In Q3, sorry. Um, so I think maybe the step softer tires probably yeah. helped as well. Like you're saying, that that tiny window um, and just the, the conditions have to be perfect and the softer yeah. tires probably definitely have to keep it in that tiny window for a little bit longer. Hmm. Yeah, so it was a great race. We all enjoyed it. There's nothing else to touch on because we, we we could talk about every single person in detail, but that means we'll be here forever, especially with Coops on the show tonight. Um, but we'll move on from the race review. Uh, obviously, it was a, I'd say it was a great race. Uh, and next time we're going to have a home race because uh, we're all kind of British and no, we're not. So so it's kind of a home race for us. Um, in Silver at Silverstone, which we're, I'm sure we'll all look forward to, and we'll preview that on our next podcast. Let's talk about the news then. What news article has caught your attention over the past week, Coops? Yeah, I think it was the one I touched on earlier about the. Uh, you know, the penalties and such like, I think that was the big one where, you know, FIA basically were kind of like, well, no, no, we were right. This is what we're doing. We're not phased mm. by it. We've done it right. So, uh, yeah, there's not been much else, to be honest. Uh, I'm sure when we finish the podcast, I'll be like, oh, there was something I was going to say. Uh, 
which is usually what happens. But yeah, at the moment, nothing of note that uh, you want to speak about. Nothing else. Oh well, Aston Martin actually are, hi- are hiring just about every technical director or any kind of personal. From Red Bull from specifically, they, they're targeting, but no. Well, well, they bought the. They've got somebody from Red Bull who started on the 1st of July. They've got Dan Fallows, who's quite a high up in Red Bull, but they, that's quite that's going to be a messy situation no. because he's not getting released straight away. They've signed uh, somebody, uh, I can't remember his name, from Alfa Romeo. You know, they're, they're spending they're, they're the money, aren't they? Exp- they're expanding and bringing people in. Uh, so they, I mean, they, they, they should hopefully be a team to look at over the next, you know, season. Hopefully next season. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing that I can. I'm having a flick through the kind of stuff on the left handy googling as usual, and I can't really see anything that. Okay, uh, Sean, have you that. spotted a, a news article that you want to talk? Not about? necessarily a news article, but just something I want to talk. We kind of touched on it earlier, and Ross Braun actually had it in his own column this weekend. Was fans. Fans back. We touched it on at the very start. It made such a difference. Yeah. It made such a difference. Um, mm. You could hear, obviously, you know, great ones to have the fans back because they're so close anyway, and they're all Max and Lando yeah. fans. Um, but it, like, <laughs> it, it, it made it made such a difference. And obviously, we had a few in in France, but they're at ten miles away in the airport at Paul Ricard. Um, yeah, but it made a big difference. Silverstone is going to be electric. I'd actually love to be going, um, but you know, yeah. vaccines and all that. Um, and <laughs> it, it, it does make a difference. It's the same with football. Like obviously in football, we kind of had like the artificial noise, which was the best of a bad situation. But even with like ten percent full stadiums, you can hear the difference. And Formula One's exactly the same. Yeah. You can hear them screaming when the overtakes happen, when someone messes up. It it even through the TV, it just makes such a difference. It's so great to have fans back at Formula One. I wish I was one of them. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame we we can't go to every race yeah. and, and be there uh, with the fans. Um, how about you, Joe? Any news about articles that you want to talk about? Um, no, not really. Uh, the only thing I was going to bring up, Sean's just beat me to it. Sorry. So it was the fans <laughs> and about how amazing. Okay. Sorry, about how amazing. So um, Let's hope there's uh, a few more races with fans in. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at how much. I remember us discussing it last season and how mm. it was absolutely fine and we didn't even notice. And at the time we didn't and it was fine. But it has surprised me now that it's, the numbers are getting bigger and we're seeing it again. Just how much more enjoyable it is mm. to watch. Um, so yeah, that's a was, bit more atmosphere, doesn't it? It gives the gives the race a little yeah. kind of edge that, that that we don't see without that. One news, one news article that we kind of mentioned in the in in the race review, but it's probably the only big news that happened, uh, is the Lewis Hamilton two-year contract extension. So he has signed for for Mercedes um, to be their number one driver, obviously, for another two years. Um, what were your what were your first uh, opinions of that when you first saw it, Coops? Were you, were you shocked to see that, um, or was it kind of a foregone conclusion to, for you? Uh, I, I I was kind of in two minds. I think earlier on in the season, if memory serves me right, I kind of put it down to I was kind of on the fence. Is that if he was going to walk away, this would be the year that it would be his last year, uh, just because it was a one-year deal. We all expected it to be more than one years, and all of a sudden, it's a twelve-month contract, and you're like, oh, "What's going on?" Uh, I was just reading up on that because I knew we were coming up to next, and it it looks like. 
the contract was more or less copy and paste. It was like, right, this is what we got for one year. We just extend the term, have a quick chat, be happy, done, boom. So maybe that's what they were always planning on doing. You know, it was getting really late. There were delays in getting the stuff talking because of COVID and Hamilton's end of season catching of the COVID and stuff. So maybe we were just reading a wee bit too much yeah. into it. But, you know, no, I'm not overly surprised. If, you, if we listen back to all the old podcasts, you will have heard me saying he's not done yet. He, he's he's going to want to see the, what those cars are all about next year. And I think he... I think he's... So, so another another opportunity for the boss to blow his own trumpet. Oh, shock yeah. horror! At least it's not the fantasy F one uh, team we're talking about. I, I must time, be doing eh? quite well on that. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I, I, I said from the, from the get go, and a lot of people uh, have been saying, you know, oh no, it's because it's a one year deal. He's probably going to be you know phasing out. But I've always had confidence in the fact that he wants ten. Now I don't think he's going to get this year, so he might not get ten. Um, but he's, I, I think he might get eight. Because uh, he'll want to beat Schumacher's record, mm. um, and if he doesn't do it this year, then he's got two more years to do it, hasn't he? Um, what were your What were your opinions uh, and thoughts when you saw uh, on Friday morning that the contract had been extended? Or was it Thursday morning? Sorry, that the contract was extended. What, what were your thoughts, Sean? Um, like you, I wasn't surprised in the slightest. What I was surprised about was that it was two years. Um, yeah. I, I long thought, you know, after he got seven last year, he's going to want to push for eight. He wants that. He'll say, like everyone, oh, I don't care about the accolades. But of course he does. He wants to be the single most yeah. successful driver in the history of the sport. And why would he not? Um, you don't want to equal it, do you? No, you exactly. Don't want to, I, oh, yeah. I equaled the record. The equal you want to best. break the record. Exactly. Um, and I, yeah. I thought last year, he'll go for it. in tw- If he gets it in 2021, he'll hang up his boots. Um, mm. Maybe. Um, and if he doesn't, he'll keep going. But it's yeah, like he wants to see what these new cars are like. Toto's obviously shown him something that they're working on. You know, you're, we're not going to give it to you this year, but here's why. We have it for next year. And that's what got him to Mercedes in the first place. So they're good at selling him the future. Um, and it clearly worked again if he's signing up for two years. So he's seen something in their new yeah. cars, which is a bit worrying as a Formula One neutral to the last 10 years. Because um, I don't really want yeah. Mercedes to dominate again, but... Not surprised mm. that he's signing on. Bit surprised that it's two years. Yeah, uh, and there was an interesting uh, point in the uh, in the statement from Toto saying, uh, "For as long as Lewis wants a seat in a car, we will offer him a seat in the car because he is that valuable to the mm. team. You know, from a from a sponsorship aspect, I'm sure from his skill and talent behind the wheel aspect. Joe, were you surprised to see him sign for two years? Were you see, uh, surprised to see him sign at all uh, for Mercedes again? Not at all. I mean, I said, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been saying for ages, he's not going anywhere. Why would he? Mm-hmm. It would be absolutely stupid for him to leave at this point. There's no reason. He's still at the top of his game. He's, you know, uh-huh. It wouldn't make sense for him to leave. Um, as for two years, again, I'm not surprised at that. I think, and it, from what I've read anyway, his big issue last season and why he went more, leaned more towards a one deal was the COVID situation in general you know that was hinging a lot of his future plans and i think that played a lot um in the length of his extension last time round whereas you know we're looking at the new world we're living in now you know everyone's going to continue he wants to continue he's not going to go anywhere until he knows he's done completely Mm -hmm. he's he's beaten all the odds he's going to make it impossible for max to to beat him at everything, 
um, yeah. in the future, and then he'll move. That's when he'll be like, right, there's no way Max can be any of this. I can bow down now. <laughs> <laughs> I think until he gets to that, he's not going anywhere. We said that about the Schumacher record, though. Let's be honest. We Everyone was like, yeah, he's, this, this is a record that's never going to be broken, not in our lifetime, blah, 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 blah. 15 mm. years down the line. Oh, look what happened. Well, uh, this is true. Like, this is true. I suppose we don't Michael know. Michael Schumacher said himself, records are there to be broken. <laughs> they are. They are. But I don't think he's going to leave until, he, like you both said, he doesn't want to equal. He wants to be the best of the best. Um, but also, it. I mean, looking at the start of this year, yeah, okay, he looks a little bit more grumpy. But he has been saying for years about how bored he is, you know, just driving away with it. He's been begging for competition for ages, he's been asking the rest of the grid to hurry up and give me something to fight for. He's finally mm. got it, and by the sounds of things, he's really happy. Um, yeah, okay, you know, he's lost again, but it doesn't seem to be dampening him. If anything, he's more inspired now and enjoying his job more now than he has done for a good few seasons. Yeah, there's potentially 14 more races this season. Uh, I say potentially because obviously COVID can have a an impact on some of those races. Um, so we got we're a long way to go, and he has pulled it back from uh, distances like this uh, in you know previous previous seasons as well. Okay, uh, Sean, because you're the new boy, and um, we do ask every guest on the show, and we're going to go around. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ask it again because it's the the, the because just because of the situation of the uh, championship as it as it stands at the moment, mm. you you. Your opinion might have changed from the start of season. Uh, this I'll, I'll ask Coops and uh, Joe the same question. You've got five pounds now. The, at this part uh, part of the season, you've got five pounds to put on the winner of the uh, the championship, the drivers' championship. Who do you pick? Is it going to be Max Verstappen or is it going to be Lewis Hamilton? It goes against my better judgment because I'm not a fan of his and I hate the domination. But it's going to go on Lewis Hamilton. <sighs> you see. He uh, just, so many people have said the same thing. You're not, you're not on your own there. Yeah. We've had many guests and they've all said there's very similar things. You look back at almost every single championship he's ever won, except for maybe like 2017, 18, except for the Bottas era. But like Vettel was ahead of him. Rosberg was ahead mm. of him. He beat them. He beat them all. Massa won the title and he beat Massa. <laughs> um, yeah. So he pulls it out of the bat and he's very, the, the best always win it. At, in the end, and it's usually yeah. the second half of the season. Vettel stormed to his championships in the second half of the season, especially uh, 11 and 13. Hamilton's done the same. Those years, 17, 18, when you know, Vettel was the out-and-out favourite, was 40, 50-odd points mm. ahead at about this stage in the season, and we thought, how is Lewis going to turn this around? Lo and behold, he walks away with it. They will yeah. start developing the car. I have also long said that Max won't win a championship with a Honda engine, and I'm going to put that on record here with the on the podcast of my first episode. <laughs> um, I still think that's true. Um, yes, it is extremely fast, but they've also brought an update very early in the year and changed engines very early in the year, and Mercedes are still in the first. Will that come back and bite them? Probably at some point. We're going to a lot of high-power mm. circuits coming up, and Mercedes have that fresher engine in their pockets. So... It's it, it's going to be a fun championship. I hope. I hope it goes to the wire. Um, of all yeah. the seasons to have a fifty point uh, final race, this would be it. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, I say, we don't need it. We don't need no, it. We, we don't, don't need it. it. <laughs> um, I, I'll I'll begrudgingly stick my fiver on Lewis Hamilton. Okay, so we asked Coops and Joe at the start of the season. So we'll ask him again. Uh, we'll, we'll start ladies first, Joe. 
you got five more pounds and you're going to put another bet on. You're going to go to your favorite bookmakers and you're going to say five pound on. Do you know, I can't even remember who I picked at the start of the season. I think you, I think you picked Lewis Hamilton. I think I did. And that was against your kind of your fan favorite. Yeah. So I think, are, are you going to change I your did. mind? No, I still think he's going to come back from it. The Mercedes in general, they just, you know, they've they've been hit, they've been knocked down before, and they just they come back on top form every single time. And I just don't think I think Red Bull are close, but like you said, unless the COVID situation drops this um, season down quite dramatically, there's still a long way to go in the second half. Lewis is going to take it. I just, I don't want him to. I want Max to win with Red Bull and I just wanted to, that's it. <laughs> but um, no, I think Lewis, is, Lewis and Mercedes are going to take it. Coops, where's your fiver going? Is it still going on Hamilton? I never said Hamilton. I said Verstappen and Red Bull for both. Oh, did, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking Danny. Uh, go on. Then. Uh, you you still think? Do you still think Verstappen? Yes. I can't. Right now, I can't see anything to change it. Now I know Hamilton is Hamilton, and you know he's got seven champions and broke every other record that you can think of, other than the seven championships. But you know, it was it's been so dominating the last two races, and then we got to a track that we thought it's a French Grand Prix. This is a very Mercedes track, and they beat him. They, you know, they they lost to Verstappen. You know, and mm. they finally got a driver that can help with the constructors. So, no, I, I'm sticking with my original idea with you, Verstappen. Yes. And can, all right, I'm gonna. Can I add? Can I add, go on? Can I add an addendum to mine? I think Lewis will win the drivers, but Rebel will win the constructors because exactly as Coop said, I think Perez is a better second driver than Bottas is this season. Perez has impressed me this season. Ooh. Okay, that that's fair enough. And, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton because I think he'll get the eighth. I think he'll, uh, yeah, and I think he'll probably. You just get a contradicted yourself from like five minutes ago. <laughs> you said he, he, he said he wasn't going to get it this year. He's not going to get the eighth this year, but he will. No, I said he might. Uh, he, I said he might not get it yeah, this year. Yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. Somebody, I wasn't sticking my fiver on it. Somebody hand that man a speed, will you? <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't sticking my fiver on it. This is we're talking real money here, real imaginary money. Uh, I, uh, I I still think. Yeah, I, I still think uh, Hamilton will find a way. I said, yeah, he might not. Can I just add before we go that the last time that McLaren qualified in second was 2012, and it was Lewis Hamilton's Hamilton. last race for McLaren at the wow. Brazilian Grand Prix. And I think a friend of the podcast, Statman, Sean Kelly, tweeted for the American viewers, uh, Formula One was being shown on the Speed Channel, which I don't think exists mm. anymore. Uh, so that wow. was a long time ago. It's, a, it's been a long, hard time as a McLaren fan watching qualifying, but yes. it seems to be doing well now uh, as we uh, No more continue. GP2 engines. Yay! No. <laughs> as, as, as Lando Norris keep, continues to carry the team. Okay, well, uh, that's pretty much all we need to talk about today. We've, we've, we've kept you here for over an hour. Uh, all the all you fans listening, thank you very much for uh, popping along to listen to us. Uh, of course, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your streaming service so you hear all of our latest episodes. We've got loads of guests in the pipeline, 
So we will have other people to chat to uh, in the coming episodes. Don't forget again to like us on all our social media channels. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We've got a Discord server. And of course, we've got our Everything F1 paddock uh, on Facebook. We've also got our website, www.everythingf1.com. All that's left for me to say is thank you very much, Joe. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much, Sean, the new boy. And of course, our old hand, Coops. And of course, from myself, thank you very much to our listeners. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It's coming up. It's coming up. No, it's not. It's coming up. Oh, my oh, God. Go, Dan Marsh. Go, Dan Marsh. It's coming up. It's coming up. <laughs> <laughs>